Welcome back to the second episode of Perfectly Scarred Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Olivia Garner, who currently serves alongside her husband, Brian, in our Jail and Axe Ministries here at the Pentecostal of Eldorado. In this episode, we will discuss how she overcame substance addiction, forgiveness, and making amends, and also as well as how the church can love those struggling with addiction better. So please join me in listening to Olivia's story on how she became perfectly scarred. Welcome to Perfectly Scarred Podcast. Today I am joined by a good friend of mine, Olivia Garner, and she's a special guest, I would say, for me because she is a very special friend of mine um, and we have grown in this friendship over the last couple years Um, but I'm going to let her introduce herself to you and Olivia who are you and where are you from and different things like that well um my obviously my name's Olivia and uh you brought me on here because I have personally uh been through substance addiction and um, I've, you know, been in the church for a few years. And so I'm just glad to be here so I can share uh, my story with you. Yes. And actually, for people who do not know me and Olivia, we got, I came back to church the same year she was saved. So yeah. our stories kind of come together. We were on separate ends of the spectrum, but we come together and for just God's glory and I'm just grateful for her friendship throughout these last couple of years because it's been hard but this this <laughs> young lady right here has has definitely helped me out um but yeah today in today's episode we want to talk about overcoming substance abuse we understand that um addiction is very prominent in today's society it's so easy to become addicted but also um we have people right under our noses that are have overcame these this uh, substance addiction addiction from what pornography whatever the case may be um that it is something that can it is it is possible and it's something that can be overcame um when we get into this journey with christ so olivia i just want to let you start like where where um did you know about god like talk about your childhood what's what happened growing up and different things like that well um you know I was raised uh Catholic so you know I grew up with some church background and I always you know understood that you know there was a God and you know he was holding us accountable for our actions um but uh as far as Catholics go uh we have certain sacraments sacraments that we do while we're kids and after I completed all those sacraments we didn't really go to church after that but I've always been very aware you know that there was a God and um and all that but um you know obviously you know didn't let that drive me you know and as far as you know decisions that I made throughout my life um I actually, you know, I got addicted uh, to drugs when I was really young. Um, I was probably about 13 or 14 right before I got into high school when I started socially doing drugs with my friends. And, you know, it started out with weed and I did, you know, uh, took pills for a few times. But uh, we actually moved from Michigan to Arkansas when I was 15. And that was a really, really major uh, turning point in my life that really, uh, spiraled me out into my drug addiction um and then that's that's really where um i guess my story if i were to start my story it would definitely be there would be moving from michigan to here um was it a culture change that kind of you didn't have any friends and no or or just uh, loneliness and different things like that yeah definitely um my mom's side of the family is hispanic and her side of the family is up in michigan so I came from a big family with a lot of support. And so moving down here, we didn't have any family uh, or a whole lot of family. And um, it, it was a big culture coming from, you know, Detroit, Metro Detroit, Detroit to 
El Dorado, Arkansas is a big difference. Girl. It, it, was, <laughs> it was a big culture shock. <laughs> Uh, and I struggled with that. And I definitely, because like you said, you know, being lonely and not having anybody, I, I really gravitated towards the wrong people. Like as soon as I got here, um, and you know, that was friends from school who, uh, were doing drugs and, uh, you know, my friendships with them, you know, led me to being introduced to heavy, hardcore drugs that, you know, really affected me. And, and took a toll on my life. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Um, so you said how you started. What was the, I would say, what was the I'm tired moment? How did you get from doing it actively? And how many years were you on drugs, if I um, ask? Well, I was on, I started using meth methamphetamines when I was 18 years old and uh I got clean when I believe I was um 22 or 23 and uh but I've been using drugs since I was about 13 or 14 but really when I started doing hardcore drugs was you know I would time frame as my years you know struggling with addiction because you know there's a big difference from you know, smoking weed and, and, you know, smoking mm-hmm. hard drugs. Um, but my, my I'm tired moment was, um, when I got arrested, um, you know, I, up until that point in my life, you know, I did whatever I wanted to do and, um, to be, you know, to have to go to jail and be told when to eat, when to sleep, you know, yeah. when, you can take a shower. I mean, it, it was, it was really hard on me. And I had a moment where it was like, I knew that this was going to be my life if, you know, I didn't change something. And I had several charges, you know, that were over me. So the fear of, you know, the legal ramifications, the fact that I knew my parents were getting really, really tired, you know, of me and I had never been in trouble before. So it was, you know, really shocking to them. Um, you know, that was, that was a huge motivator, you know, to, to get clean and, um, and, you know, just, you know, choosing not to, to allow myself to continue the cycle that I had been in because it was a whole nother level that, you know, I didn't want to want to do again. Right. I, look, how many days, how, how long were you in jail for? Two weeks, girl. Two took weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> it took two weeks to get my life together. I go to the jail It work. I, for those who who just now are tuning in, I I work in community corrections, um, and visiting a jail is creepy. So I I just I can yeah. I couldn't imagine being there. I don't ever want to do anything to be in there for a long period of time because it's nasty. Just send me to yeah. prison because uh, <laughs> jail ain't, <laughs> no, it ain't it. Um, so can you tell? You've told me this, and I know this story, but it you know, can you tell me how you found, um, Pentecostal elder writer, which is a, is a church that we go to. Mm -hmm. Um, so how did you come about that? Um, I want to first say that, you know, my only really experience with God was growing up Catholic and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in Michigan, to my knowledge, there wasn't, you know, like, I didn't know what a Baptist was or, you know, other denominations, um, especially being Hispanic, you know, everybody was just Catholic. So moving down here, you know, there's a lot of different, uh, different churches. Um, so the fact that I was led to the Pentecostals of El Dorado in and of itself really, you know, is a God thing. Um, <clears throat> like I told you, I've been uh, to jail and in order to get everything off of my record, I had to go do a program called drug court and, um, and drug court, uh, we go to different classes and learn, you know, skills and, you know, how to just, you know, cope and all those kinds of things. And it just so happened one day that there was a guy who was farther along in drug court than I was, um, had come to one of our classes. So the advisor asked him, you know, to share with us how he got, you know, where he was and, and he was just really upfront and bold with the fact that, you know, he went to this church and he got delivered and he didn't have any more, um, you know, cravings and, and urges, you know, yeah. as far as drugs. And 
you know, I never heard of, you know, deliverance and that was just a new concept to me. And I was like, wow, you know, that's pretty crazy. You can go to a church and then all of a sudden, you know, everything just gets better. And I knew that I needed that because the first uh, two times that I had tried to get clean, I relapsed at six months. And at the time when uh, that guy told me about uh, the church, I was at four and a half uh, months. So the walls were closing in and I was really starting to feel a lot of pressure and, yeah. you know, I calling out to God, you know, asking him to help me because I knew that I wasn't going to make it much longer. So he, I know for a fact that he, he sent him to me. And when he told me, you know, I asked him later, I was like, you know, what church do you go to? And he said, Pentecostals of El Dorado. And so I just came one day and I've just, I've been there ever since. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Glory. Yeah, I'm excited because when she first told me, she was like, I, I, she, she said, uh, he, he said that he was going to church and he, he got delivered. You said, I want some of that, whatever yeah. you got, I want some. And that, uh-huh. and that speaks to the people that are in that place that you were in. It's like, I'm desperate. I want something. And the whole purpose of this is to acknowledge where we are, because if we're not ready to change, there is no we can coach and counsel and, and talk to people, but as long as that person is not ready to make that, especially when it comes to addiction, as long as they're not ready to admit that they're, they need to change and they want to stay, you know, on the same path that they were, then, you know, it's, it's very little that we can do until a person is ready to change um, and come to that place where they can admit it, you know? So, yeah. uh, then you were, you, you were baptized first, were you not, but, but get this, what else was for the people that don't know, um, you had a family member that was at this church too. Yeah. So when I first, the first time that I came to the POE, I walked in and I seen my aunt Kathy's head, just turn around and look at me and it went back. And then she, she double took and I just went right next to her and I sat down. I, I honestly did not know that, you know, Kathy and Summer and Dustin, uh, which are my family members, went to that church. Like I, mm-hmm. I had no idea, you know, walking into it. Um, so, yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. How, yeah. How God led. And really. And that happens. So for somebody who may have a family member and we have family members that are not in church um what can you say to those those people because you just came in one day they had nothing to do with it nothing Uh, at all stop praying for your family because you know nobody can pray for your loved ones the way that you can pray for them because you do love them you know and you do know them and and that's something that's so important in, you know, Summer and Dustin, uh, and I know uh, some, uh, Dustin's my cousin and Summer's his wife and uh, his mom's Kathy and, and Ricky and Ricky's my dad's brother. So yeah, I know that they, they prayed for me and our family for years. And I, I really do believe that if it wasn't for them praying for me that, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at, you know, today. And and I appreciate that. And, um, you know, if I really get to thinking about it, I'll just start crying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, cause I don't, you know, I, I don't deserve any of this and, you know, to know that you have people that love you and are willing to, you know, fight for you in prayer and to, you know, take that time to, to really bring you before God, you know, whether you know about it or not, you know, that's, that is, that's, it's very, very important. Yes. So family members out there, that may be in church and their other families are not in church please be encouraged because you do not know what god is doing in in your siblings or your cousins or their lives or aunts uncles whoever it is you do not know what god is doing in their life um and what strings he's pulling you just got to be patient and it may not even be tomorrow it may not be next week but just be patient and in all god and god's timing He's going to come through and he's going to show you and he's going to remain faithful in that. So uh, be encouraged because that that's something I remember Dustin saying he one day he just turned around and you was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. um, So since you said so, how long have you been sober so far? 
I will be I mean, sober five years in October. Amen. I got uh, I got clean October eighth, but that's when I went to jail in uh, 2016. So I've been I'll be clean five years, and it, it doesn't seem like it's been five years. It doesn't. Let um, me and let me just say when she was going through drug court, I was starting my job, and and I would see her. <laughs> I and we didn't talk, but uh-uh. I would see her. <laughs> And I would just be like, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I would. And it wasn't even a, it was just like, because I had seen it so many times and I just wanted to, she doesn't know this, but I just wanted to see, I was inspired by her and her courage to stay sober and be an example to everyone else because drug court is, is intense. You know, when you take it serious. Now, yeah. There are people that don't take it serious, but it, it is very intense for people to go through. And um, but so, like I said, we were on two ends, two, two totally separate ends of the, the spectrum. I was on the parole officer, probation officer side, and she was on the probationer, drug court uh, probationer side. And for us to come together at this point now, um, that's God. That yeah. is, I mean, that is truly like a friendship that has just grown. And uh, man, I, I can't say you how grateful I am for it. And think if I wouldn't even uh, taking the time to get to know you or yeah. get to know someone who was on the other side of the table, I, I wouldn't have uh, gained a true friend. So thank you for that. I just wanted to put that out there in the <laughs> atmosphere. Um. <clears throat> What do you think has kept you? Well, we know what has kept you, but for someone who look at you and like, how have you done it? How have you maintained this sobriety? Um, you know, it when you're getting clean and you're overcoming addiction, it's it's really a lifestyle change. And, you know, when you're addicted to drugs, you, you're living a certain lifestyle and everything you do is really filtered through that addiction. You know, the way that you treat other people, you know, the things that you do, the people that you hang around. Um, so when I came to God and I, you know, decided I don't want to live like this anymore, I had to change my lifestyle. So, and so instead of doing the things that I used to do, I, started hanging around godly people. You know, I became involved in my church. Mm-hmm. I, you know, started cleaning and, and, you know, going to jail ministry and, and really just making myself available to the church mm-hmm. and, you know, being able to surround, you know, yourself with the church and to really give yourself completely to it. I mean, it's, it just becomes a lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. this is who I am. This is how I live. This is, you know, why I do the things that I do and you really just making God the focus of your life, you know, and letting him change you and, and, you know, really giving yourself to it is, is so important because, you know, the lifestyle of addiction is just as addictive as the substances that you're using. Right. Um, and so if you could really just, you know, get in the mindset of, I have to change everything, you know, I have to completely retrain myself. Um, and, you know, the sooner you can get it done, the better, because it, it is, it's, it's tedious and it's a process, but it's so worth it. Yes. It and really, just really- renewing, renewing your mind um, is the biggest thing because it is a mind thing and addiction is, it's just not substance abuse addiction can come in all shapes and forms. I'm, I'm addicted to caffeine. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. I just, (laughs) I, I can't give it up, you know? Um, but so it comes in many, many, um, shapes and it, it comes in many forms and it can addiction be, now I'm gonna go here. Can addiction be prevalent in the church? while someone is in the church absolutely absolutely with someone struggling with that in the church in a position what do you what are they supposed what do they need to do um well a big thing when it comes to people that are in addiction is um they're they become professionals at justifying everything 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's the same as a member in the church that, that is addicted or, or, you know, have an addiction, whatever forms, whether that's pornography or, or, um, you know, diet pills, you know, taking pharmaceutical, what I like to call pharmaceutical methamphetamines, you know, mm-hmm. they try to justify that, oh, well, my doctor prescribed it to me, or, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, watching pornography so that I won't commit adultery. And, and, you know, it's still, it is what it is. It's sin, you know, and, yeah. and addiction is sin. And, you know, to be able to get past that justification mindset to where, okay, you know, I'm, I'm being, you know, holding myself responsible to my actions and acknowledging them and, you know, getting help, you know, you don't have to tell the whole church about it, but, you know, go to your pastor and tell him, you know, this is something that I've been struggling with. Um, and, you know, and, and also whether you're in the church or not, you have to be ready, you know, and, and if you're not ready, then I would really recommend you praying and asking God, Hey, help me, you know, to get ready. I've I've done it before in different areas and he, he helped me to get ready. So I I believe you do it for me. He'll do it for anybody. Yeah, that is, that is so true. So what has been one of the biggest struggles as you um, are now, well, now, but in the beginning, what were, what was the biggest struggle for you, um, coming from the world into straight into just church and in that transition, what was one of the biggest struggles for you? Um, definitely forgiving myself was, was a really hard one. Um, I have plenty of traumatic experiences that I put myself through, you know, and that, that I went through that, you know, even today, you know, when I think about, I, you know, I get, you know, filled with guilt and, and embarrassment and stuff. But, you know, when I first came to God, that was all I could think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really is just the renewing of your mind. I, I remember uh, listening to Caleb when I first came to God and the songs would get stuck in my head. And so instead of thinking of all the terrible things that I had been through, mm-hmm. you know, I would, I would, you know, focus on, on worship music and, you know, just retraining your, your thought process. You know, when I was on uh, methamphetamines, it's a stimulant. So mm-hmm. one thing I like to do on it was I like to clean and organize and that kind of stuff. So when I, you know, got married and, and just in daily life, when I would go to clean, I would think back to the way that I used to feel while right. I would clean. And, and, you know, that's hard too, because you are changing your lifestyle. And in the beginning, you associate, you know, your past with, with what's going on now, and, and you really have to refocus yourself. Um, so it's, it's really just the whole mind thing, you know, uh, making sure that, you know, you're thinking about the things that are, you know, a virtue and of good rapport, you know, all that stuff. Um, so definitely retraining my mind was probably the hardest thing. Yeah. Talk a little bit about just, um, I guess what you, the things that you would still, you know, it's covered in under the blood, but still we cannot get past it in our minds, what we have done, you know, maybe to people, to our families, like the guilt that someone still hangs on to that has um, been freed from addiction? Um, I mean, definitely, especially in addiction, the way that I was uh, struggling through it, you know, I, I did a lot of things to my parents, you know, I stole from them. And, um, you know, I've said things to them that was, you know, really terrible. And, you know, that's hard because even to this day, you know, I still think about, um, you know, how I hurt my parents and, you know, I, I have that feeling of, you know, I got to make it right. I got to make it right. And, um, you know, it is, it is, it is a lot of guilt. Uh, I was in addiction for several years. So there was a lot of things that I did that I'm not proud of, but, um, I can't remember who told me or where I heard this, but, you know, someone said that when you, when you uh, bring back the things that God has forgiven you for, you're literally crawling on your hands and knees into the blood of Jesus and pulling those things out. And mm. just that visual 
like visualizing mm-hmm. on my hands and knees, going to the blood of Jesus and pulling out all of this terrible stuff. It, it really helped me to see that, you know, I have no business doing that. You know, Jesus's blood, you know, he shed that for me and for my sins. And, you know, I, I just need to, to let that be. Um, right. And so when I do think of things, you know, I have to remind myself, you know, and, and, and that, you know, eventually it, you know, it helps, but, you know, I will never, because I'm a, I'm a, you know, person and I'm not perfect. I will probably never stop remembering those types of things. And, you know, I'm thankful for it, honestly, because it reminds me of where I've come and yeah. who I used to be. And it's a reminder that I don't want to be that person anymore. Mm-hmm. I refuse to go back and to do those things that I did mm-hmm. so it, it definitely you know if you turn it you know a certain way it, it, it'll help you and it'll motivate you but you just got to stay focused yeah. on what's important so how can how do you make amends with your family like after this like because <clears throat> you know um depending on the step in the uh the the 12 steps <laughs> At some point you have to make amends with, um, family members and people that knew you and, um, how does, how does one do that? Um, well, you know, the Bible talks about God restoring, uh, what the locusts have destroyed. And I really, I really believe that he, he does that. Um, and God has a funny way of people that I used to know when I was, uh, on drugs he has a funny way of bringing them back around to you mm-hmm. and so they can see you you know living for God in a different way and it's almost like he gives you a second chance yeah you know, with these people and he's done that numerous times for me um and I've been able to share my testimony and I've been able to encourage people like you know we do jail ministry so I've been able to see you know this like specifically this one woman that I left and I just we went to uh Little Rock to go get some some pills for her fill out her prescription right and we just left her at Walmart and took her drugs and she had to find somebody to come pick her up from Little Rock and I seen her at the jail and um you know I recognized her and I sat down and I apologized to her I you know I said I'm so sorry for what I did to you um and she, you know, she smiled and she's like, it's okay. You know, I'm just glad to see that you're doing good. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit. Um, so he does, God definitely does give you a second chance. Um, and if not, you know, I would be careful about initiating, um, amends, especially if people are still those people that you are trying to make amends with are still living in addiction. You know, if you, be patient and give God his time. And, you know, he, he wants you to minister to them. He'll, he'll make a way for you. Yeah. Um, but as far as family and loved ones, I mean, just living right and, you know, being consistent and striving to do better really is the best amends that you can make, um, with your family. Uh, I was really blessed with the parents that I have. Um, they never gave up on me. You know, they, they showed me some tough love, you know, but, but they were always there for me. They always supported me. They always wanted what was best for me. So, you know, I've, I've, we've had our conversations. I've apologized, you know, and, and brought up certain things, but, um, you know, they just really wanted to see me, you know, be who I'm supposed to be, you know, the person that they, they knew that I could be. And, and that, you know, being able to do that for them and, and give them their peace of mind, you know, that I am okay. And, you know, I'm not out there doing crazy stuff is, is really, you know, (laughs) best they can ask for. Yes. The most craziest thing we're going to witness is holy rolling is. Oh yeah. (laughs) I see my first holy roller, my first and only holy roller, uh, at Jessica's church. And that was. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, I love Jesus, but I not rolling, not rolling. Hey, no. <laughs> hey, I'd love to do it. I'd love to fall out. I haven't fell out yet in the Lord, but I will one day. Just gonna keep keep pushing. We drunk it to the Lord. That's right. Okay, so, um, so can you speak to someone who, um? 
currently may be in it. Um, and um, doesn't know where to go. You know, you never know. They may listen. You know, they may yeah. come past this, and 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 it's you know to the point now where they're they're like, okay, I need to, I need to make some changes because this is not it's not right. Definitely, if if you're at the point where you're ready and you know that you know you need to make some changes, um, I would encourage you to to pray and ask God for direction to lead you or to lead somebody to you um, to help you, um, you know, in, in the next steps of it, you know, with me, I, I sought the church, you know, I, I went to church to get what I needed and, um, you know, just completely surrendering, you know, your addiction to God and, and being, um, you know, hungry and thirsty for something different. You know, when, when I did my first Bible study with Jessica, I'm pretty sure my exact words were, what are the rules and regulations of this? So I can do it, you know, and, um, you know, just being humble and hungry, you know, and, and learning and, you know, don't close your mind to, you know, supernatural experiences, because that's the only reason why, you know, I am where I'm at is because I had a supernatural experience, you know, I received the gift of us was speaking in other tongues and you know as a person who's you know dealt with addiction you know we that's what we look for we look for experiences and and you know feeling good and and God allowed me to have those experiences early in my addiction Mm -hmm. to you know draw me in you know and that's not what's kept me now but it definitely helped me at the beginning Mm -hmm. um and just keep, you know, keep praying and, and, you know, don't give up. You know, I've had days where I literally did nothing. Like I stayed home and I watched TV and, you know, I wasn't doing anything good, but I also wasn't doing anything bad. And, you know, we're allowed to have those days where all we can do is just nothing because nothing is better than doing something bad. Yeah. And if, if you can literally just hold on and white knuckle it, um, and get through, you know, to the other side. I mean, there, there really is, um, there really is a light at the end of the tunnel. I would just encourage you to to not give up, don't give up because there's, there's been times where I felt like I was doing absolutely nothing, but I was doing better than I was before. And, you know, just stay encouraged, you know, and, and don't be too hard on yourself. Condemnation is one of the worst things that, you know, you could possibly give yourself to, right. especially out of a lifestyle, you know, with addiction Yeah. and surround yourself, you know, with, with people that love God, because if they love God, they love you. And, yeah. uh, and that's really important. Yeah. Okay. So, um, can you talk a little bit about, because you said you, you went through drug court. And so some people believe that, you know, I see a lot of the reason that people struggle is because they still have to deal with the consequences of their actions. Mm -hmm. So at that moment, you've made the change in your life, but you still had to deal with this thing now in drug court. And, And it's very real because people are like, well, I'm, I'm going to church. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm living right. But then I still got to deal with my probation officer. Can yeah. you um, talk to those people that, you know, even though right now it's a, it's, it's just a season. They don't have to go back, revert back to the same, you know, what got them there. Yeah. Um, you know, we, when we're on, on drugs and we're, you know, doing things we're not supposed to be doing, you know, we have no accountability. Yeah. We don't have to anybody you know we do what we want and and so when you do get in trouble and you are put on probation or you do have to go through through programs you know you're given an accountability and if you could really just look at the accountability with your probation officer or your advisor or whatever it is that you have to do as you know I I have to be accountable to God anyways so You know, I should be doing, you know, what, what they're asking me to do anyways, because all they want me to do is be clean and, and not commit crimes, you know, um, and, you know, 
when I was in drug court, I, I would have been happy if, if they drug tested me every day because I knew I would pass, you yeah. know, and, and <clears throat> you know, even though you're going through probation and, and, you know, you do have to be subjected to all their little, um, things that they want you to do, just do it, get through it, you know, um, and, you know, don't, don't get upset about it because, you know, these are the consequences to the actions, you know, that you've made. Um, and if you can just really humble yourself and, and get through that, you know, uh, allowing yourself to be, you know, accountable to God is, will just be that much easier. Yeah. And it's not that God is punishing you. It's just, again, the consequences of your actions It's the consequences mm-hmm. of what we did and everybody's journey is different. My consequences look different from Olivia's, you know, yeah. um, and some stay forever. You can't just seal it up, you know, but the one thing about your story <clears throat> is that you are able to get your record sealed and um, you still in the process or you, you got it, it's done. Uh, I'm, I'm still in the process of, I've been having issues and that's the thing, you know, I'm still dealing with consequences to my actions because five, my- five years later, yeah, Five years yeah. later. No, I, I still, uh, I've lost uh, a few jobs because they pulled up my arrest record. And, you know, even though I was never convicted of anything, I still have that arrest record. And so I, I've missed out on a few jobs, a few really good jobs because of it. But, you know, my husband, he's, he's a felon. He, he's actually a felon in three different states. And, you know, God made a way for him, you know, and he's, he's got a great job, you know, yeah. he does really well. And, you know, I like to think about it and this, this might just be me to make me feel better, but you know, the more restrictions that you have going on in your life, whether it's criminal charges or, you know, whatever else you've managed to mess up in your life that you have to deal with, you know, it just makes the things that God does that much more yeah special because he's having to do a little bit more you know leg work because you know the things that I've done so I never thought of it like that (laughs) so we extra special yes (laughs) extra extra special not saying that y'all not special but we said that the ones who dealing with all the extra and and uh you may have a child's father or mother that you still have to deal with and all these things that come with consequences you just extra special in God's eye that's all that means you know that's a good way to put it (laughs) that's that's what I'm trying to tell myself and and you know to encourage myself for sure oh man well that's good so how can the church how can we serve uh, those who are either dealing with addiction or have um, trying to walk free from addiction, how can what what can we do for them that's coming into our doors? That's a big big thing. Um, you know, usually people that are in the church are completely different than anybody you know coming into the church suffering from from addiction. Um, and I would really encourage you know those that are in the church to not judge them, you know, they might, you know, be rough around the edges, but you need to see the potential that God sees in them. Um, I've always had a burden, you know, because of my background for people, you know, that went through the things that I went through because I know what God, you know, finding God has meant to me. And I've always wanted other people to be able to find what I found, but I know God's turned that around for me one day and told me, you know, I've lost them, you know, I want, you know, what's mine, what's what I've lost, you know, and and so it gave me a different perspective that it's not just, you know, yeah, I want to help these people get their life right and find God, but it's, you know, God is hurting for these people, you know, God loves them and he wants them back, you know, and, and to be able to help God do that, you know, that's, that's, you know, what I, you know, live for, you know, that's what I want to do. Yeah. You know, you've got people that, you know, have been on drugs for years and, you know, honestly, they might seem a little crazy, you know, Mm -hmm. they might talk about crazy things, you know, they, they might smell, you know, they might, you know, have missing teeth, you know, but, you know, 
you know, introduce yourself, talk yeah. to them, you know, yeah. there's a, there's a big issue with, you know, people, not people from the church, you know, not having anything to do with these people that are coming in. Girl, I, I was <laughs> sorry <laughs> for those who are listening her cat jumped on her and I was like what is attacking <laughs> oh. oh but anyway you continue <sighs> but um you know and even if you know you've never you know had any experience with addiction and you've been in church your whole life like you being supportive of these people coming in the church and loving on them and, you know, uh, teaching them things, you know, and, and just be a smiling face that acknowledges that they're there, you know, and and that they're a part of the church, you know, it's so important because, you know, I know I admire people that have been in the church, you know, their whole life, because, you know, that is a a whole nother, you know, side of it, you know, and, and, um, you know, I believe me, I wish that, you know, that was my life, but it, it's not, but, you know, there's things that, that they know that I, you know, I don't know through all the stuff that I've been through. So definitely, definitely, you know, just put yourself out there for these people, whether you relate to them or not, because yeah. I mean, they need all the love and support, you know, that they can get. Yes. And and I make it my business. I try my best to speak to everyone who may look a little rough around the edges. Yeah. I, I, I try to every, every visitor, every, you know, I don't care if, because like I said, I work in community corrections. So I, I, I know some people and they know me, but when I take off my uniform, even when I was, you know, an officer, when I took off my uniform, that was it. I wasn't Officer Nelson anymore. I'm Kayla. And that's yeah. how I address people. And I didn't want them to bring up work because I want you to, I, I love your soul. Like yeah. it's it's a difference. When I'm at, in the church, it's about your soul. It's about people's souls. And even when I am at work, I still see you as God's son, God's daughter. Um, my circumstances could have been way different. Yeah. Just depending on the day. Right. I mean, I, and I tell people all the time, I could have been on the other side of the desk, you know, but, you know, God, he kept me through it. But that doesn't mean that the people that we are, are going through it are less than me. So I always have to, you know, uh, I always have to speak. I don't care. You may not want to talk to me. I'm going, <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. but it yeah. is, it is important for us as the church that as the, the people that come in that may not be, that may not look like this, us, that may not be clean, that, you know, um, recognize that they're, they're, they're trying the fact that they are even here. I don't right. care whatever the reason is, the fact that they are in the church on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, that's a lot. That's yeah. big. And we have to make it our business, no matter if they come back or they don't, that we give them the impression of Christ. Um, and we show them the, the hand of God in that yeah. moment that they are with us, um, because that's going to speak to them. You're planting seeds. So remember <laughs> that. Um, so there's like something that, that I wanted to also say, um, you know, we can get as a church, we can get so, uh, uh, so minded that, you know, this is my ministry. Like I'm, yeah. I'm in children's ministry. Okay. Or I'm in music ministry or you know, like me, you know, I'm in, uh, the ministry of, of the rough people and, you know, the people that are going through addiction and and jail ministry and all that stuff. But, you know, to get stuck in that mindset, like, okay, those, that's the only type of ministry that, that I can deal, you know, with have any business with is, is such a, you know, a sad thing to, to, to get stuck in, you know, even though your music ministry you know, and, and you see somebody come in that, you know, is, is struggling, you know, with addiction, you know, just because your main calling, you know, on your life is music ministry or children's ministry or whatever it is, you know, we're, we're still at the end of the day called, you know, to help other people. And, And that's, you know, something that I've noticed too, that we can get really focused on our personal ministries. And, you know, that keeps us from really, being able to take advantage of, you know, the field that God has, you know, for us. Yeah, that is, that's true. 
we can't get focused on that and and we miss the mark some sometimes yeah we miss the mark we're so concerned with getting things done sometimes I come in and be like oh gotta do media yeah <laughs> can't talk can't talk right now I gotta do media gotta be up here and uh we miss we miss it and and my prayer lately has been Lord let me recognize the moments that I can speak to someone or uh say hi you know yeah. uh that's even in the grocery store if if you've seen them at church and, and you see them in the grocery store say hey say hey yeah. that's all you gotta do hey even yeah. with the mask on I hide sometimes but I have different reasons why I hide <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. but uh thank you this this conversation is is good is there anything that you that you want to add to it um, if you're struggling with addiction I'm telling you you might as well just just give it to God right now you know the sooner you you pursue God and the sooner you you work on overcoming this the easier it's going to be you know if you're struggling with with taking that first step pray and ask God to help you take that first step you know you've got to ask for help you've got to you know put yourself out there you know and and let God do for you you know what he wants uh wants to do there was there's a lady that we're helping right now Jennifer Mm -hmm. and you know she reached out to me on Facebook I didn't know her at all and she told me, you know, I need help. You know, I, I need God. I, I need, you know, somebody to help me, you know, and we took her to church Wednesday and she got the Holy ghost and she got baptized in Jesus name. And that was, Amen. We, uh, uh, Wednesday, or it happened on a Wednesday when we first took her to church that following Wednesday, we got her into a new rental, um, and getting her, getting her life back, you know, and so all it takes, you know, if you just reach out, you know, and, and, you know, ask for help, I mean, God will, and if he sees, he sees your sincerity, he knows exactly where you're at and what you're going through. Yes. And you, you just call out to him. He will help you. Amen. That's right. That's good. That's good. Miss Olivia. <laughs> so, Thanks. so I, I do appreciate this conversation. So let, let's talk about this. What's going on now with you? Let the people know what, what you're doing. What's, what's going on uh, with you and, and well, the progress? I, yeah, this is my first semester in college. I'm Amen. going to work. So I'm going to, you know, try to make, you know, what my calling, you know, that God has for me into a career and, you know, just help, you know, as many people as I can. Um, you know, God really put, just handed me Jennifer and was like, you know, here, help her, you know, just really put her, you know, in my lap, like, okay. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. This is the most involved I've ever been in helping somebody, Yes. Uh, you know, just running around to, you know, do little things that she needs to do and, and helping her get her lights turned on and, and, you know, rallying up, you know, for her, um, it's really been an eye-opening experience, you know, yes. and God, you know, he takes, he's taking me farther, you know, with it, um, uh, and, and what he wants me, you know, to be and, yes. and to do life and I see that and it's really yes. really exciting I mean it's so exciting amen and that is one thing too because you are he's giving you a little taste of what mm-hmm. is what is to come and it's you see now every everything that you I was thinking about the other day after we talked um on the phone and I was like these are what he's doing right now with Miss Jennifer is just a little snippet of what is to come for us in the church and just having this these ministries grow because we're going to be able to give um the resources that they need because we now have the people in the positions and we now are given being given the visions of what is to come with uh the acts and anger management ministry and jail ministry because we'll be able to place you up in a place and give you clothes give you food give you all these things and so he's doing that in us now he's showing us and then later on he's he's going to help us provide these uh things so we can sustain and help those who are coming from jail who may not have 
everything that they need at that moment. Um, yeah. And I'm excited for it. I'm excited for what you're doing and the fact that you're, you are in school. Cause we talked about that. And yeah. I know that was a big step and I'm excited it, for you. Thank you. It, it definitely was. I did a lot of praying about it because I was scared. I'm not going to lie. Um, but you know, I just, I, my honest, sincere desire is just to be more and do more for God. So yeah. I just felt like that was, you know, going to help me grow a lot, you know, just personally and spiritually, you know, with, with school, I know we talked about time management and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that the Lord is, he is definitely teaching me in, in a lot of different aspects through this, uh, yes. through this situation. So I'm it Girl, it's a whole situation. He didn't taught me uh yeah to manage mine so um <laughs> oh can you tell us a little bit about how how you met your husband just for the people out there that 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 don't know I met my husband in church that's the best place to find a man <laughs> in church let me tell you <clears throat> like, I'm yeah. waiting on mine I'm waiting to meet mine I'm waiting to meet mine I yeah I'm, I'm <laughs> praying with you girl I'm praying with you <laughs> I'm wondering if maybe you might meet him through this podcast. He might. I might. You never know. About the other day, I was like, what if her stepping out in faith and doing this podcast is going to make a way for her? Uh, yeah, we're going to see. We're going <laughs> to come back to it. And I'll be like, oh, look, yeah. it. Oh. <laughs> uh, but, you know, my husband, he, he definitely loves my soul. Like you said, you know, he's, he is genuinely concerned about where my soul is going to go for eternity. And, um, and I really appreciate that. And also he, he's more afraid of God than he is me, which I mean, you know, <laughs> what else could you ask for? Right. <laughs> so, right. But it, it it's definitely was a work in progress. Uh, we got married, uh, really quick and, um, you know, we definitely feel like we could have done things differently, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, we just stayed focused on God and, you know, God turned, uh, you know, a decision that we made, he turned it around, um, and really blessed us, you know, yeah. because we, we just really stayed focused and, you know, it was like, God, you know, help us, you know, we, we, uh, we need you. So, yeah. And that was uh, definitely something that <clears throat> I want to recommend, you know, people that are coming into the church and or just overcoming addiction in general, you, you know, I would focus on, you know, yourself and, and not, uh, you know, look for any relationships, you know, and, you know, soon, because uh, one thing that's, you know, also addicting is, you know, feeling like you need to be with somebody, yeah, which is another, a whole nother struggle, but um yeah, I we we met in church and and we've been married. It'll be four years in May. So, yeah. Hey, if we can do it, if you can get married to somebody after knowing them for two weeks and make it work, you're pretty good. Doing pretty. That's good. right. I love their story. I love their story. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, these two people right here, Brian and Olivia, are a blessing. And if you if you meet them, if you ever get to meet them, you'll know what I mean. Brian, he he is a character in himself, but you, mm-hmm. for one, he loves God. Yeah, he don't play about God. Right. And that's you know, and he's real. So everybody can't take it. Yeah. So real recognize real. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do people still say yeah. that? I don't know, girl. I have no idea. Oh, but real recognized, real. So, you know, I, I, he's, he's definitely both of Olivia and Brian are blessings to our church and their stories are dynamic and, um, what God is going to do through them. is just going to be so amazing. And I'm so excited for him and ready for the overflow because that's what it's going to be. Um, so, uh, let me see do you what else you got going on because y'all so what is next for olivia and brian where are y'all how can people who may listen to this and maybe struggling in this area or just somebody who wants to be encouraged where can they find you and um what are you doing now as far as in ministry 
Um, <clears throat> well, we're, you know, jail ministry has been kind of put on the back burner uh, due to COVID. But, um, you know, I'm on Facebook and Brian is going to be starting a YouTube uh, platform where he's going to do just some little short messages and, and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, we're involved in the acts program and, you know, that's court ordered, but it's definitely voluntary. If anybody, you know, just wants to, to come sit in some classes, you know, and, and just be in a different environment, I would definitely recommend them you know, to come to our acts program and uh, you definitely find us at the church, you know, just doing, you know, whatever yes. we can. Um, I, I was uh, really, really uh, just amazed at how God led Jennifer uh, to us, you know, and, and, you know, being just available, you know, to that and, you know, not being, uh, you know, hesitant about, you know, working, doing the work of God, even though, you know, it might not be something that you're used to doing. Yeah. You know, I had no idea who she was. And, and my first question was, well, do you want to go to church? You know, because I knew if I could get her to church, I could help her. So, yeah. Yep. And that's the thing. That's the thing. So don't be, when we say, Hey, let's go to church. We, we, because we know God got something for you Mm -hmm. and he can do something more. And, and one thing as people that are coming in is that you also have to do your part in this. Um, you have to be intentional about your healing. You have to be intentional about walking with God and not just getting in it and thinking that, oh, everything's going to be all, all gravy because it's not. You know, there is work that has to be done. Like Olivia Mm -hmm. said, she's had to go through a process. Even myself, I've had to go through a process and I had to be intentional about it. We choose to please God every day yeah. because at any point in time, we could have turned around and been like, no, this this ain't it because it got hard. We have had hard moments, but, um, but God is better. Yeah. He's better than the streets. He's better than toxic relationships. He's better than being in cycles and and just being miserable because that's where we both were. We were just miserable and tired of being miserable. So (laughs) God, God is better. And as long as you have that in your mind that I know it's hard today. And like Olivia said, sometimes you just sit on the couch and you don't do nothing, (laughs) (laughs) but that's better than any, that's better than where you were. And, uh, just to be encouraged with that, uh, with this story and Olivia's story, because, um, you know, like I said, I'm thankful for her and and where she has came from and her story. I love it. I, I'm just excited to even ask her on here. I was like, you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I had to get ready. That was one of those things I had to pray about. Lord, help me to be ready. <laughs> but but I yeah. definitely am encouraged by it and I know that this is this conversation and your testimony is going to encourage so many people um I'm just praying for it to bless who it needs to touch or bless who it needs to bless and and touch who it needs to touch and encourage those who are in the church and you have to be patient with people Mm -hmm. Um, you know I, I ain't gonna say what I was thinking but you know you have to be patient with those that are coming in and just love on them yeah on them that's all that's all it comes down to is just love that's it um and let god do the rest he's gonna do it you love you build relationships and let god do the rest but again olivia i i thank you for this conversation i thank you for coming and joining me um in talking about this i know it hasn't been easy again but God has, he's redeemed and restored and renewed everything about you. So um, thank you for this. I appreciate you letting me come and, and talk. I think that's really awesome. I'm, I'm so happy for you to be doing this. And, and I know that, that it's really gonna, it's really gonna affect some people and touch people. I really, really believe that God's gonna bless it. And, you know, I've been praying too, that this would just, you know, do what it needs to do and, and be as effective as possible. Yes. Oh, man, I receive it. We, <laughs> we, we receive it over here. Yes. But, 
Yes. But, but thank you for joining me and we will get together again. Yeah. Uh, to maybe talk about relationships or something. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe something like that. We mm-hmm. could talk a little bit more about Brian and I's <laughs> beginnings. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we all have them. Um, but thanks again, Miss Olivia. And thank you for joining this podcast today. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Perfectly Scarred. Don't forget to subscribe and share with two friends. See you next time. I want to say thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode. If this has encouraged you in any way, please don't hesitate to leave a review or share with two friends. And we'll see you next week.